3: At the end of yesterday's pod, we mentioned that we were going to talk about the coaching search. We're going to put that off a little bit. That's going to be, uh, I think, transpiring over the next month or so. We'll have plenty of time to talk about it. We're going to talk about something else based on last night's game that's also germane to this upcoming Lakers team. Even more so than the, than the head coach, as a Laker fan, my biggest question is, What is this roster going to look like next year? There are only a couple of guys that I'm pretty sure going to be on the team in LeBron and AD. And then after that, I think that it's a big crapshoot. And you guys see all the same rumors that we see. And we're debating in our text thread all of the same trades and things like that. One of the central questions of this roster are, for me, are positions and player types. One of the players that we expect to be under contract next year is Kendrick Nunn. He said that he was going to opt into his player option. And he's a smallish guard. We've talked about him, and obviously he never played this year. And last night was a great night to be a smallish scoring guard in the NBA. First, you had Tyrese Maxey just playing great as uh Philly is really taking it Toronto to Toronto in a way that I didn't expect. Obviously they had Scottie Barnes out. Gary Trent tried, but was you know really struggling, only played 10 minutes. But they took a commanding 2-0 lead in no small part due to the play of Tyrese Maxey. In Dallas, Jalen Brunson had a huge performance, career high 41 points as a 6'1 point guard to tie up the series going back to Utah as Dallas tries to buy themselves time to get Luka back. And then in the nightcap, you had Jordan Poole and sixth man Steph just hooping, man. And Poole is so much fun. I'd love to get into him too. But we saw a whole night, Darius, of... Small guys who could put the ball in the hoop, really carving up opponents, at least in first round basketball. This will be one of the stories we see as it transpires uh, over the second round, the conference finals, etc. But it was a good night to be a small scoring guard in the NBA. Talk to me about what you saw last night, and we'll start to tie that back to this Lakers roster.
2: I mean, the performance that I really zeroed in on was pulls because I was like really – in the weeds, just watching that game, and it's, you know, Poole's second straight game playing at that level, Maxi as well, right? Because he had a really big game one that really propelled Philly. But Poole's an interesting player. I tweeted this, and it, it went a little viral, I guess, and people there were a lot of people who seemed to misunderstand what I was saying, because I said that Jordan Poole is like, if Steph tutored Monte. And people were like, well, no, Monte Slander on my timeline. And I'm just <laughs> like, you don't yeah, understand. Not a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't understand.
3: No, I love this because it's kind of, it was a, the dynamic was somewhat the other way around. Yeah. Steph coming in the league and Monte was that dude for Golden State. Monte was already on the team. He was a
2: dynamic guard and they ended up trading Monte for Andrew Bogut, which really, I think, was like part one in what propelled the team forward for this build that they've now now had. But obviously Monte came from the era of like the Allen Iversons of the world was like a lot of mid range, a lot of attacking off of the dribble, not as much of a three point shooter, even though he was a small guard, but Monte was quick as hell. And to me, Jordan Poole's quickness is such a part of why he's such a good scorer. He is very hard to stay in front of off of the dribble. And then his development as seemingly like an elite shooter, like I live in the Bay. And and so Mike, I know you follow the league very closely. Poole was not this level of shooter when he came out of Michigan. He was more of a bucket getter and more of a scorer. And the reason why I said that like I, I, I sort of compared Poole to like Monte being tutored by Steph. It's because Poole has really learned from Steph on how to move off of the ball, on a lot of the things that you see the way that Steph moves and Poole is just like out here doing copycat killer stuff, right? Like same sort of step back, same sort of footwork, same sort of movement coming off of screens, same passing reads. He's leveraging the same skills, but he is so quick an explosive off of the dribble that he is really creating problems for the defense trying to stay in front of him and when you flank him with other shooters the way that that the Warriors are the space that he has to drive especially it those driving lanes are so big and he's just cascading and it's building confidence in him and now he looks unstoppable in in his own way and he'll come back to earth but but i'm super intrigued by pool as as a player because of how he's been able to combine this elite shooting prowess both as a spot up guy and off of the dribble and off of the move and then combine that with quickness and driving ability that is really tough to contain
4: part of the reason why i think pool has been able to develop too is that with clay out last year and with golden state banged up steph played 63 games you know, Oubre was out a bunch. I, I think um like Bays played 67. So he played a bunch last year when he wasn't playing well. And he was able to, to play through a lot of the struggles that sometimes guys that are picked even later in the first round will not get that same level of rope. And so now he's gotten to the point where he's really had um, some of that true development. So to tie that into Pete's larger point and I almost think Pete created this topic just to see if he could get me upset uh just to see to see if he could get me going a little bit so of course Pete's right like yesterday was a nice night for the small guard so the previous night which was so Miami beat Atlanta right that was the the kind of bigger wings night right that's Jimmy Butler the Nets lose to the Celtics. That's Tatum, Brown, Durant, right? Now, Kyrie did have a nice game. And then it's the Bucs, so it's Giannis. Uh, the Suns are kind of a mix, right? It's a hybrid of, of Booker being a little bit of a smaller wing, but still a wing. And then Chris Paul, of course, took it over down the stretch. Um, I Here, I'll, I'll first do this, Pete. In, I think that each one of these cases of the small guard reminds me a little bit of the NCAA tournament in which a lot of times you think of these guards who show up in the NCAA's and can really kind of carry teams to wins, but usually the team that wins the whole thing has to have more than that. And and I would last night to me is is a bit of that type of a case, right? Where Jalen Brunson goes off, looks great. Uh, they, they the whole offense is created, which I thought was smart by Jason Kidd to to try and find to involve Gobert in these actions with these small guards, and then once he had to help, then they could kick it out for an open three point shooter. And it was a nice game plan. I don't think it works over the course of a seven-game series, right? So here, I, uh, let, me, let me go back to you first for some of your – and then I, we can further break down the rest of the matchups. I, I just found uh, – I found this to be a little bit more circumstantial than sort of the small guards take over.
3: <laughs> so a couple of things. First of all, you don't get to claim Devin Booker for team wing. Devin Booker is a guard. He's he's a, a, no, he's, he's a wing. De- De- what are you talking about? Darius, is Devin Booker a guard or a wing?
1: Devin he's he's a Booker is a class- wing.
3: He is a shooting guard,
2: Mike. He's like 6'5". He you you know, he is not in the kawaii.
4: Shooting shooting guards are wings now, though. I, like small not guards this- are almost all point guards. Devin,
3: no, no, no. I, I'm not giving up Devin Booker for team of guard. Like, we, we will continue this debate at, at another point. I just <laughs> what is Booker there. pod. What
4: is Devin Booker? <laughs> That'll be coming up in August.
3: That's right. But I also want to clarify my position that I actually don't really believe in small guards. That's something that I, I believe in ball handling. And this is something that we, I think. Me will, too, from big players. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Is, like. And, and so this is something that I think is kind of a first round phenomenon where my position is more that it's going to get harder for the Jalen Brunsons and the Jordan Pools, although less pool, which I'll get to the reasons why in a moment. Um, and even a Tyrese Maxey, who I think is a wonderful player because like, like Denver is a depressing team. Like they're, they're just, and, and Utah is depressing for different reasons. This is, The first round of the playoffs has a certain caliber of team that the rest of the playoffs does not typically. Even Toronto – and it was funny. I I, I think a decent number of people picked Toronto to beat Philly. And what's shown to be the case – and again, they were shorthanded last night – is they very much look like that team that plays really hard on a night-to-night basis. We talked about this with the Grizzlies, for example. But then once they get to the playoffs, we were texting and it was like – Toronto just doesn't have the guys. Obviously, Barnes was out, but even beyond Barnes. Barnes is a rookie who's a wonderful rookie who I think is going to make multiple all-star, all-star games, but a rookie nonetheless. And they just don't have the dudes. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get more into the idea of the small scoring guards.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: So, Mike, I'm not trying to claim team small guard in the first place. I just look at this Lakers roster. I tried roster. to box you
4: in there, but you you, you deflected no, well. No, yeah. no, you packed that. You packed it. He, he, he
2: <laughs> wriggled right out of that. Mike. This is the this is the playoffs, Mike. <laughs> it was like this Marcus is
4: the, Smart uh, went you know th- through that double team and you Kyrie know, right. Tatum on the backside.
3: That's right. Mike, you're going to have to – it's the playoffs. You're going to have to make three, four rotations before you beat me. Um, But we're making the extra pass and we're moving the ball. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I'm not trying to claim the the small guards. But I do think small guards serve a purpose even later into the playoffs. I'm of the mind, though, that you only really need one on your roster. And who knows if Kendrick Nunn is going to be that guy for us next year, right? But he is under contract. And I – The reason I bring this up is in the context with Malik Monk. And do we resign him to the MLE? Like, I totally think Malik is worth an MLE contract. But if we already have none and we're trying to build a championship team and we're in a place where I think we got to nail like 80 percent of our moves this offseason to just get back into that contention conversation. Because if you're watching these games, we were a long way behind this caliber of, of basketball. We haven't played this caliber of ball in a while. So. All of that is kind of where my mind is at, Mike. So I'm looking at these small scoring guards with an extra microscope. But they're really in the middle of my frame to start these playoffs to see, like, what can you ask for from these guys? But also, what are they weak to?
4: Well, Darius just hinted at this as Pool maybe being a bit of an exception. And it's convenient in a way of tying it into the Warriors because Steph is also an exception to the small guard thing because the shooting skill and the space with which he can shoot or meaning the the distance beyond the three point line that is a that's just kind of a counterpunch to anything that the defense can throw at you in terms of you know the traditional like putting lebron on derrick rose right in a playoff series and just putting size on you and good athletic size which going back to our point about utah over the course of this year and for the past several years they don't really have that guy They can go be put on Jalen Brunson. Hey, take him out enough. We're not getting smashed for 41 points by Jalen Brunson. Like here, you're getting big wing X. That's going to take him out. Um, Guess who also doesn't have that guy, Denver. So those, so those teams are particularly susceptible. and, And that's the question is that eventually Darius, you do run in to some of those guys that are big and can sort of contain a guard. And even Anthony Davis, dude, can to an extent can just remove a guard like that. But he can't do it to Steph Curry, and he probably can't do it to the same degree with Jordan Poole because of the three-point shot and and how versatile they are getting him off plus the quickness. So it is that the mix to throw into the small guard thing is if you're that special of a shooter, and not that Poole is to Steph's level yet, but he's trending that way with the way that he's been playing. So here's the thing, though. Small plus skilled plus quick or
2: fast, that is a formula that can no longer be contained with just a single big wing. Not in a screen and roll heavy league where you're going to be able to knock that big wing off your path. Eventually, unless that dude is just so elite at getting through screens. And then even then, you need the guy behind you. And it's why, Pete, I have argued in our text thread, and I'll argue more on like the pod and in and, and things that I write, that the thing that I'm looking for most from any Lakers guard moving forward, big or small, but if it's going to be small, he needs to be this is he needs to be skilled, he needs to be able to be a pull-up shooter, and he needs to have enough feel as a passer to understand how, how to leverage his shooting and quickness into other facets of the game in order to open up things for your teammates. While I agree that The death of the small guard likely comes in round three or round four. It's because by the time you get to round three or round four, those teams have more of the ingredients that you need in order to stop any sort of player. And that's where Mike's and you, Pete, and me, that idea of like, no, give me the big wing, who is the shot creator, because in the big picture, that dude neutralizes almost every sort of defense because this is like oh, okay well even if you're 6'10 like a 6'10 defender right with with movement and long arms if you're a 6'7 or 6'8 big wing who can create your own shot that dude's not that much bigger than you he 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 may have two or three inches it doesn't at that point it doesn't matter but if you're 6'1 And there's a 6'10 rangy dude. That dude is just like, oh my God, this dude's almost a foot taller than me. How am I supposed to navigate that? It's why a guy like Giannis was able to impose himself on the Suns during last year's finals. And why a guy like Chris Paul, as he gets deeper and deeper into the playoffs, as good as he is, it's just like, okay, well, now there's multiple 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", 6'10 dudes swarming you in ways that just make your life harder and there's small guys who can overcome that but it's just like how great do you have to be to be able to overcome that but i know that's not the class of player that you're that we're talking about with this pod but it is instructive and i think it goes back to the point that you were making pete about like yeah give me one of those guys but don't give me three of them or four of them on a single team because now you've done yourself a disservice especially if they're not skilled enough to be the types of pull-up shooters that can navigate the middle part of the floor.
3: That's exactly it. And even when you have that attribute, you can see the problems of that manifested on the defensive glass, on the defensive end, where matchup hunting and targeting and things like that are more prevalent. I'd like to focus in on Poole, though, specifically, because I think that like, when we talk about bringing back Malik Monk, I think he's the guy of the three that we've referred to there that that Monk can be most similar to. Um, But I think he matters in context, Mike, in that we talked about this with the Lakers a couple of years ago and even the the concept of this team where if you have a lot of one thing, eventually the other team runs out of guys who can guard that one thing. And so last night in the Golden State game, Jordan Poole and Steph kind of took turns cooking. They each had these stretches of the game where they were just, just white hot and this, super fun to watch. And then there was this pretty you know, basic play. Weak side screen off of a kind of a floppy action for Clay, and Clay hits a wing three coming off of a screen. And so, you're paying attention this whole time to Jordan Poole hits this moonwalk step back against Demarcus Cousin in, Cousins in semi transition. Took like five steps to step back, didn't step behind the line, but didn't step out of bounds. Just great quarter awareness, great skill level. Steph is doing his thing, and it's great to see him starting to get back into the flow after the injury. And then you got to worry about freaking Clay Thompson coming off of floppy on the weak side. And that, to me, is where the, a guy like Jordan Poole is the exception. It's almost in context, kind of like what you were talking about, D, where it's like skill stacked upon skill stacked upon skill. And that is more of like an overall team concept, Mike, where I think that those guys, this Golden State team won with a small guard as their best player. You know, and they did that in part because they were able to stack shooting upon shooting upon shooting. I'd also argue that they had great big man ball handlers and guys like Draymond and Bogut before then. Um, And then they also had some wings too, right? That's why I put Poole in kind of a, a different category Uh, in, in terms of like, can you be effective deeper into the playoffs?
4: Well, it's hard to talk about Poole in the context of Steph and bringing Kevin Durant into it as he came over. And provided that that just additional dead eye shooter, or just somebody that just somebody that the defense has to panic about at certain times. And so their new lineup, I I thought I saw something on Twitter what it's being called, right? The one where you basically plug Pool in with Draymond, Wiggins, Steph, and Clay, and I'll I'll forget now. Um, I'm sure you guys know what it is. And that defensively for the opponent. Sure. I get it. Like that does create a, some level of panic there with the level of shooting. But I think what all of this forgets is that the defensive side of the court there and Golden State particularly, they just have so many bodies. And Clay's not at the same level defensively as he was when they were winning the title. But he's starting to get there a little bit. Draymond is an absolute savant there. Steph competes. And then, you know, Wiggins has been pretty good all year. And he's long. You know, he's huge. Wiggins, is, he seems like he's almost six nine. Um, sometimes. Then they can come off the bench with a couple of defensive focus players like Gary Payton the second. Uh, they bring Otto Porter in, who's long and knows what he's doing. And then Looney, who only played eleven minutes last night, is a good defensive player. So it's just a nice mix. And this is why I think Golden State, everybody had to sleep on them to an extent, with Steph being out and with Draymond being out before that. But they're now starting to show with Poole now coming over the top a little bit and giving them that extra, that kind of special sauce that I bet if the Suns coaching staff or their advanced teams are watching them, they've got that one eyebrow raise because they're kind of feeling like, well, this was our year. We were eight games better than everybody else in the league. We were going to win – at least we felt like that. We were going to win the title. And now all of a sudden, here comes this Golden State team who who matches up pretty well um, with Phoenix. and And they've got to be a little bit concerned about that. So I'm just – I am – Definitely intrigued. And I, and I think that we have to consider Golden State now right up there with Phoenix. And we, Pete and I, Darius, last pod, did the Eastern thing. Pete's super high in Miami. Um, I like Miami. I had them a little bit lower than Boston uh, and then Milwaukee, kind of painstakingly Milwaukee, who we had all, our own problems with. But, yeah, th- that's trying to tie Golden State into there. And... In, is to me uh, something now that the rest of the league and especially Phoenix has to take into account.
3: Let's take a quick break. Talk some Golden State on the other end of it.
4: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price.
3: What do you see with them, dude?
2: I'm starting to get where Mike is. I'm getting close to that. Draymond's incredible. And yeah. also, they're letting him get away with a fair amount against a much bigger player in Jokic. He is being physical as hell with Jokic. And he is doing a lot of, like, bodying. So the Draymond is so good because he understands he understands the rules, right? So he is not ever, ever against Jokic, two hands in the back. That's never, he never does it because that's an automatic foul. You put two hands in the back, that's that's a foul. And then what he does is, is he gets wide with his arms and then he's absorbing a lot of contact with his body. And then when Jokic gets into his body, that's when he puts his hands on on him. And he is leveraging His physical tools and his leverage itself being underneath Jokic. Jokic is such a sturdily built guy that he is so proportioned as a player that it's just like he is difficult to move because there is no like, oh, you can get underneath me, right? Because he's not like oh I'm all legs like Wilt Chamberlain or something like that like you can't
3: get him off balance he's yeah he's always on balance
2: and he plays with a pace where it's just like he's never he's never moving so fast that you could use that against him so he's never out of control either but the reason why I'm starting to get to where Mike is is that If Draymond is going to defend at the level that he's defending at, which is basically the level that if he would have played the entire season, he would have won Defensive Player of the Year. You've got Steph and Clay, and Clay is coming around now offensively. And then Poole is this X factor. And and like Wiggins being slotted back into being a guy that's just like, okay, well, yeah, all-star Wiggins, yeah, that was a thing before but now you just get to be role player wiggins and you're the fourth best guy right in terms of scoring and the fifth best dude in this lineup. where it's just like well wide open threes for wiggins and driving lanes off of attacking closeouts those are like simple for a dude as who has as much natural talent as him and they just do compete defensively and offensively, unless you are a master switching team, and they—did have you see how like Denver was arguing on the bench with each other, and they were arguing yeah. because they kept messing up switches, like every single time they were messing up the switch. And how and do it's you? It's not switch? really what
3: they do, too, right? Like it's one of those things where with Jokic, uh, that's something. Uh, and anyway, continue your point. I'll, I'll make my Jokic point after that.
2: No, but it's it's just that unless you're a master switching team, slowing them down offensively is going to be really really difficult because they've been playing this system now for years. So Mike, you made this point about like Golden State fans last season being like, "No, we should be running A thousand pick and rolls every night and leveraging Steph Curry's ability and run, pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. Well, guess what? You know, one of the reasons why Jordan Poole is as good as he is this season is because he's run the same shit this year that he ran last year, which was the same shit he ran the year before. And there's a comfort level now on what you're supposed to do and what all of the reads are within this system. And that continuity in system allows these guys to act like they've been playing together for years when in fact they haven't. These are like the first games that Poole has been playing consistently with Draymond and Steph and Clay all together at the same time. Those dudes have only played 11 minutes together all season. I'm talking about Steph, Clay, and Draymond before the playoffs started. So tell me how their chemistry looks so good with Jordan Poole in the mix now. And it's because the system allows for that. And so when you start to see Golden State playing more and more together and competing defensively the way that they are. That's what gives them more than a punter's chance as a championship favorite, because they are so explosive offensively and they do have defense in the wings there that can be problematic for a lot of teams.
3: If I could be a bit of a wet blanket on it, I like Denver is a team that like they're just not very good. And I don't even mean that as, like, they're they're missing their second and third best players and have been all year. And we were talking about this in the text thread last night, but Jokic has really carried that team over a tough three-season stretch. And, like, they're, but they're basically a maxed out team that by the nature of Jokic being their best player, much has been made of his improvements on the defensive end. And while that's true, that's a very different animal than you have to dance on the perimeter with Steph Curry and Jordan Poole and show high against Clay Thompson. And so those arguments that you're talking about on the bench, D are. You don't really face another team like that all season that you have to – that like really forces Denver to switch. Um, Denver went to some zone against us even. And and so they will leave their comfort zone when they want to. But by the nature of having Jokic and him not being terribly fleet of foot, there's only so much he can do on the perimeter. And so I I say all of this while thinking that they're very much going to be in the conference finals against Phoenix – I am curious about them facing a team that can switch everything. Like Boston? That that does that uh, well well before Boston even, right? Like even uh, I think the Memphis series, if they make it, right? We've got a great game two coming up with Minnesota and Memphis. And so Minnesota would be less of a challenge, I think, for for them. Uh, But if they face Memphis, like you can – you can neutralize off screen action by switching everything. And then it becomes a one-on-one game in which pool, as you stated is, um, you know, becoming very good in that element of the game too. But, I just need to see it, Mike, against a better team than Denver before I'm all in. But defensively, I love their ball pressure. Obviously, they're putting on a show on the offensive end. A lot of skill, a lot of talent. I just think they're small. in Like A big dude is going to wreck shop against them in ways that they're not going to be able to stop at some point in in the near future. It's just not going to be this round.
4: Interesting. Yeah, I I worry a little bit less about them. So before everybody got hurt there and it started with Draymond and then eventually got to Steph – Golden State was the best defense in the league by a pretty good stretch. I think so from the start of the season until January 1, they had a defensive rating of 102.1. And so that was first. The only team below that was Phoenix or sorry, the team. The second to that was Phoenix at 104.2. This is before Boston got hot, of course, on that end. And they were 28 and seven at that point. And so the size defensively, this has been something that Michael Thompson and I have been debating I guess is the kind word for it on the bus Uh, mostly when we get when we get to Golden State because Michael's sort of like ah they need more size you know like who knows if Wiseman is going to be back and I'm like but playoff basketball modern playoff basketball there's less size required than even than in the throughout the course of the regular season more teams are going smaller earlier and more teams are sort of trying to make the other team Match up with what they're going to do on the other end, and I think that, and even if Golden State has to stay big, some Looney is a perfectly adequate defensive center. I think he's better than people realize on that end. He's not going to help as much on the offensive side of the court, but I don't, I don't have those same concerns about Golden State and in, in being susceptible to size. Because I just think that if you if you try to down or if you try to hit them like that, it's going to be harder for you to defend them. And with Poole playing at this level, with Steph back, with Clay coming on, some, I, I just. I am, I am finding myself, maybe it's because I like the way that they play or I, I just like them more than Phoenix. So I'm, I'm probably talking myself into it a little bit. And I think it'd be good for the NBA to have that be a series. But I genuinely think that we have, to, we have to take what we saw early in the season seriously now that we see Draymond and Seth healthy and not forget how dominant they were on both sides of the court, especially defensively.
2: My question is, is that when the Warriors go small with Draymond, is Draymond going to be able to hold up against the bigger dudes of the league? And because if he can, you're going to struggle as the big guy having to then stay on the court against their offense. And that's where, that's where a much bigger, like if, if that's why Denver Pete, Denver would be the ideal matchup for them. If they had, their full team, I think. Yes. Because yes. if they had Porter Jr., if they had Murray, right, and you were slotting Monty Morris appropriately, you were slotting Will Barton appropriately, all of these guys would then be better positioned to say, we can keep up offensively. We've got more versatility defensively. And now, what are you going to do with the m- massive dancing bear? in Nikola Jokic right sure but he has to do too much now and he can't hang physically when he has to do everything on like both sides of the floor and play high in the pick and roll and show on screens and yada yada yada
3: the playing high in the pick and roll and the ability to dance on the perimeter is like we talk so much about Gobert and he's been clowned on for the last few years about his defensive abilities in the playoffs and That they kind of, you know, you go small against them, you switch everything and you kind of, you've solved the puzzle against them. Jokic, as wonderful as he is, there's just a, his elevator gets off at a certain floor in terms of perimeter mobility. Part of why he's wonderful is like, he makes up for that in strength and size and coordination on the inside. But if you can't get out there on the perimeter, Mike, this is something that, that's part of the reason why we've seen the league go small. But One point that I wanted to make real quick is we talk so much about going small or going big with respect to the idea of, do you play a traditional five or not? I think that we should start reframing it, or at least another dimension to that is how big are you at the other positions? So when we talk about these small scoring guards, I think that- Part of the reason why Golden State is too small is because they're going to have Steph Curry and Jordan Poole on the floor at the same time a lot. And that's going to mean you got to crack down and box out on DeAndre Ayton at some point. And that's Jordan Poole having to do that. And it's not his fault that he can't do that. He just, he's not going to be able to do that. And so there's, it's more about the collective size of the players that you have on the floor for me than it is necessarily, do you play a traditional five or not?
4: So first of all, you are generally speaking my language there, right? I'm
3: surprised. You're like, oh, no, teams are going smaller. It's not as important. I'm like, wow, who are we? No, no, (laughs) that's I
4: was just talking about the just talking about the center spot there. That's all. That was just that was just for Draymond. Can they hold up that way? And if the other team wants to post up, you know, DeAndre Ayton, who doesn't even really want to post up right? Ayton in his own mind wants to sort of turn around and shoot a nice nice jump shot, you know, which he's great at. But Mm, very good. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really nice shooter, but he doesn't – he's not going to just, you know, yoke at you into the rim is my point, right? No. It's not – he's not going to physically, like, take its toll on Dre. It's more going to be like, is he going over the top? And there are different ways to scheme against that defensively. But the small backcourt thing – so, Steph and Poole, the reason – this is what I said earlier in the pod. Like, they are somewhat of an exception to me because of how great they are shooting-wise. And – and, but let's say that it's not working in the traditional small backcourt thing that, that none of us like, and whether that was Damon CJ or Mitchell and Conley, whatever it is, then they can just take pool out and play clay and Otto Porter or clay mm-hmm. and Wiggins. Mm-hmm. So they've got another big wing there to put in. If a team is particularly attacking them and they can even go offense, defense some, and you can turn pool into what sort of Steph has been the first two games, which is the second unit killer. Cause Steph's are sure. coming off the bench. So I, I agree. I wouldn't want to play Steph and, and Jordan Poole all the time together as my backcourt. I would want to, do what they've done traditionally which is have clay or wiggins or whatever next to one of them and, and i think that they have that in their bag and they even even as, as great as Poole has been he's not a. they're not above steve kerr's not above sitting him more than he has if they're not getting what they need defensively this is why i love playoff basketball though is because oh, like yeah. we're we're talking hypotheticals
2: right now in a warrior sun series but you're gonna watch this In Memphis versus Minnesota, you're going to watch this in almost every series because of pick and roll basketball and what it means to defend against small guards, pull-up shooting guards, and how those bigs can survive. If you're a big, can you survive defensively against those types of guards? Because if you can, then can those small guards then survive in the trenches Mm -hmm. against you? And this is what's made like it for all that we've talked about with Chris Paul. That's what makes Chris Paul special is that you try to like post him and he's rooting you out. You try to like go up for a rebound and he is sitting on your quads and he is making sure that you cannot go and get that ball. It's another thing that Kyle Lowry has done. It's it's a thing that Fred Van Vliet does. There are tools that you're Steph yes, in Steph too. battles, and Poole has done some, some of that as well. He is not as physical, I think, as Steph. Like, he has not gotten, like, his full-grown man strength yet. But there's a certain amount of that is the chess match of playoff basketball, and it's why I love it, because the Warriors are betting your bigs cannot survive for 40 minutes against this,
3: mm-hmm.
2: because our big can. Draymond Grieg can. Right. And Looney for for whatever stretch that Draymond doesn't play, they think that Looney can too. And then they're thinking, okay, well, we don't think you well, your big guy can. And we think our guards can do just enough defensively to, to survive. And at some point, they think that 12-0 stretch is coming or that 15-2 stretch is coming, that, 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 that burst of four consecutive threes from three different players is coming. And that that's the wave. And that's what Golden State has been. And that's what they built built themselves on. And it just brings me back to the Lakers to a certain extent, because I know that the way that they built their title team was we don't give one damn about that, because we have Anthony Davis, and we have LeBron James. And if any two dudes are going to be like, we're going to stop that. It's those two dudes. And so this idea of small guards is like such a great conversation, though, because I think that the league is going there in its own way. But don't go too fast. Don't go too much because you OD on that and you find yourself in
3: trouble. That's right. Amen to that. And I see, I see the pendulum starting to swing back toward a little more size, even in the front court in these playoffs. So this is going to be a theme that we talk about. This is a great way to start the day, guys. Uh, having a great conversation with you. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Got a couple of good games tonight. We'll be back tomorrow to cover all of it here on the Laker Film Room Podcast.
2: Gaines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn these double team. Just pass out of front. Broken up by Worthy. Tips the magic. Worthy dies on his belly, man. He fires again they will Lakers win the game! The Lakers win the game! Three
0: seconds left, That next to the winner, it's on the way, good! Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds, with his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot
4: of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this.
0: You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, in Boston? Of all places? Are you kidding me?
4: Kobe, hard to believe. Are you kidding,
0: kidding me? Unreal. Are
4: you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane, back
0: for Gasol. Freddy pass,
4: and it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell.
0: There's, There's the move. Two, the goal. one, missing. It. It. victory. It's over.